Hey friends, this is Malki Asad and welcome to this special video in which I will tell you all the secrets and all the details that you need to know if you want to start residency in the UK. Uh, today I have a special guest, Dr. Brahim Antoun, who's going to tell us about his journey to starting residency in UK and he's interested in cardiology and he's going to pursue that after his internal medicine residency. Ibrahim, can you start by introducing yourself to our viewers? Um, hi, Malki. Thank you for having you on the channel. My name is Ibrahim Antoun. I'm one of the um, year two resident doctors in, the, in Leicester, UK. Um, I'm starting my year three in a few months time, and I'm hoping to pursue a career in cardiology in the UK, and I'm finishing up my PhD in cardiology as well. Awesome, awesome. I want to start by asking you about the exams required for studying residency in the UK. So the first thing you need to do is to prove your English proficiency. And by doing that, you need to do either two exams, either the IELTS exam, um, which is known to everyone, and um, the OET exam, which is the Occupational English Language exam, which is approved by the ECFMG as well. Specific scores on these exams? Yes. So in the IELTS, you need to get um, seven, seven point five overall, and seven in each category, which is reading, writing, listening, and speaking. So you need to get seven in each, and you need to get an overall score of seven point five. I see. Uh, what about the OET? Is there a specific score for that? Yes, it's three fifty or B in each category as well. Awesome. So for IELTS, I assume there are specific resources provided by the company that runs this exam to prepare yeah. for it. Yes. Um, so basically, you know, it's so IELTS is much much older than OET, which is newer exam. So for the IELTS, there's like a stimulation exams which you can do on the computers and things. It's called Cambridge IELTS. It's obviously you can you need to purchase them. There are a few versions, and you can do you know some sort of exams and. They have CDs and things which you can do, you know, an exam and you can correct yourself and things. But yeah, Cambridge IELTS is the main source that everyone prepares from. Awesome. For those who are coming to residency in the US, they have the step one, step two, which kind of test their medical knowledge. Is there a counterpart of that in the UK? Yes, of course. Um, so basically, after you do the IELTS or the OET, um, there are exams called the PLAB, which, which has two parts. Part one, which is a medical knowledge exam. And part two, which is a clinical skills exam, which is equivalent to the CS uh, previously. So PLAB one is is a is a clinical is similar to the USMLE Step Two CK. It's not like too basic as Step One. So basically, it's a three hours exam, two hundred questions, uh, multiple questions. So three hours, like I said, the passing score. I think you need to score like sixty percent, but I think it's scaled, you know, similar to the to, to the US scoring system as well. What's good about these exams that score, you know, having a great score doesn't matter. So as long as you pass, that should be fine, which makes a huge difference in preparation. I mean, you know, as well, you know, when you go to the exam, knowing that you're going to, you need to score to compete is different than going there, you know, passing is fine. So I think preparing for these exams is, I think, is, is a bit more chill than the U.S. exams. Um, regarding material for the PLAB 1, there's a question back that's similar to UWorld. Um, it's called PLABable. It's a subscription, monthly subscription that has all the questions you need to know. And um, what, I, what I need to advise the people when you when you when you do the questions, you know, always read the explanation um, because the explanation might be a project for a new question. So don't just do the questions and, you know, that's it. So read carefully every 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 uh, choice. And, you know, I think four or five months should be more than enough to pass the plug one. I see. So that's a huge difference between the step one yeah. previously that used to be pass fail uh, scored and now it's going to be pass fail so the score does not matter too much they just need to pass and the question bank is more than enough to prepare for this yeah exactly assuming that you have basic medical knowledge obviously um, the question bank should be fine and can students prepare for this exam or do this exam before they come to the uk 
Um, yes, they can, but you have to have the IELTS or the OET first. So you cannot register for the PLAB one unless that you can prove that you have the correct score. Yeah. I see. So you can do IELTS and the PLAB one while you're outside the UK. Exactly. In specific centers outside the UK. What about the second part of the PLAB that is similar to the CS, the clinical uh, skill? Yeah. So basically, it's an exam that's only takes part in the UK and it's in the city of Manchester specifically. So even London doesn't have a center. It's only in Manchester, which makes booking the exam quite challenging, you know, based on the low cases and now with the COVID and things. So it's six hours exam. As far as I can remember, it's an 18 station exam. Um, you need to pass 12 stations in order to pass and you need to have a certain score, which depends on the other and the mean and the median and the other things that the examiners take. So, um, you know, multiple stations require history taking, examination skills. Sometimes like they, they bring you surrogates so you can kind of do some teaching, teach them like ALS, um, BLS and, you know, some, and you know, examinations and things. So you don't have a viva afterwards. So once you, once you examine the patient or take history, you have six minutes and that's it, eight or six minutes. So they give you a ring with the six minutes and then you have two more minutes, but then that's it. They judge you and, you know, they, they, they give you scores. Again, it's a pass or fail, so scores don't matter as well. So basically, it depends as well. So there are a few parts that they test you on. So there are there's like clinical judgment and clinical skills and interpersonal skills, like which being being polite, you know, manners, speaking respectfully to the patient, respecting the patient, and things. So they test you on these three things, and obviously they give you a score, and 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 then you take it from there. How can students prepare for this exam? Um, so preparing for this exam is a bit more challenging um, because you need to be in the UK because, you know, you need to have a feel of the exam. Similar like the US, you know, you can prepare to, to a certain extent, but then you have to go and prepare, you know, prepare in person and practice with other people because, you know, they already tested your knowledge in the PLAB 1. The PLAB 2 is all about clinical skills. Um, the way that people do it here, they go to courses. Um, there are a few courses in the UK. I don't want to mention, because I don't want to promote anyone, um, but there are a few courses in the UK that are there that you can go to for, I think they're almost two weeks each. Um, they give you some sort of scenarios that you can practice and you meet, you meet a lot of people there. So you spend like two weeks practicing with other people and that should be fine as well. Um, I think two months should be more than enough to pass PLAB2 actually. Oh, so both the PLAB1, PLAB2 probably take around six months? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Let's say that somebody uh, completed IELTS, completed PLAB1, came to the UK and did uh, PLAB2. Before actually, before we go into that, is what's the type of visa that people need to go in uh, to the UK to do the PLAB two? So basically, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a visiting visa basically, but you can you know you, you, you it's kind of a visiting visa. It's like B one B two in the US basically. It's called the visitor visa. Um, they give you the visiting visa I think for six months, and then you need to do obviously you need to prove that you have you know the the, the exam permit. You need to have a date and things. But yeah, it's a, it's a type of visiting visa, you know, basically like B1, B2 um, compared to the US, yes. I see. Let's say somebody, as we asked before, the completed IELTS, PLAB1, PLAB2, and now they're in the UK. What do they do next to start residency in the UK? What are the, the steps that they need to take? How is the residency system works there? So basically for you, for you to start residency in the UK, first of all, you need to get a medical license. For you to do that, you need to register in the GMC, um, with the General Medical Council, which is equivalent to the ECFMG in the US. So you have ECFMG in the US and GMC in the UK. So you have to make an application. You have to prove that you completed 12 months of internship. That's they, They're really particular about these things. They need to know that you completed 12 months of um, internship. They need, to, they need to know that you have, you know, you're in good behavior. You didn't do anything, you know, bad in your country. Once they do all the necessary checks, you pay a fee, it's around 400 UK pounds, and then you get the medical license. 
and then you can start applying for jobs. For you to start applying for jobs, I think the difference between the US and the UK, I think the UK system is a bit more complex in the sense that not all jobs are residency jobs. Some jobs are just like service provision. So you're, you're, you're working for a fixed term, but you're not in a training program, so you're not progressing because there are some things that you need to sign off in terms of papers. For example, when you apply for residency, you need to apply for PG1, one PGY2 you know, in the US. In the UK, there are three sectors. There's foundation training, which is literally straight out of med school. There's core training, which is PG1, one PGY2 or CT1, CT2, you know, what we call it in the UK. And there's specialty training, which is called fellowship in the US. Foundation training is really tough to get. And there are limited numbers because they prioritize the UK graduates. So basically for you to bypass the foundation training, you need to prove to the you know, GMC that you are competent basically to do these things that these foundation doctors can do. So basically what you can do, you can take a non-training job for a few months just to sign off these papers from an attending slash consultants. And then once you sign this paper that says that you're competent enough to do these things, then you can apply for a, for a core training, which is PGY1, PGY2, and then you can kind of, kind of bypass the foundation training. So I, for me, I started in core training or, you know, internal medicine training. So basically I worked for almost one year in non-training job, got my papers signed, got my form signed, and then I can apply for the national match for the internal medicine training. And that can happen for every other residency that you can pick. I see. So there are two options, either go through the foundation route yeah. or go through a non-training and then go apply to residency. Exactly. So it's 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 complex, but I think it's a bit flexible, actually. So you can kind of pick your battles, really. And why would somebody do one year of non-training when they can apply to the foundation year and just um, the regular route? I think the foundation training is, is, is very tough to get into. The numbers are very limited. Whether getting a non-training job is much easier because, you know, I mean, we have a lot of vacancies. We have a lot of rota gaps and things. So it's easier to get a non-training job and then apply for the actual core training. So for the foundation years... Do you have like a match process like the, the U.S. or it's yeah. all around the year? It's, it's, it's a national process. It's, it's very similar to the U.S. I see. It's so a national process. There is like a match at the beginning of the foundation year, and then you do two years of foundation year, right? Yeah. yeah. Then yeah. there's another match that is exactly. U.S. for the residency? And Yeah, and there's another match for the specialty training. <laughs> so let's go one by one. For the match for the foundation training, and I'm going to ask you about the non-training uh, as well. Yeah. What makes you a competitive applicant? Because we said that scores don't matter for the lab one, lab two. If you pass the IELTS over 7.5, so it's not going to make a big difference to your 7.5 or 8. So what do the people who are choosing the applicants care about at that point? Yeah. So provided that you finish six years of med school, you can apply for foundation year two because foundation year one in the UK is equivalent to an internship. So what you can do, you can apply for foundation training, but you can only do the second year because you can bypass the first year. What makes you a comp competitive candidate is research. They really care about research. So if you published a few papers, that's really important. You know, they really care about leadership skills and teaching skills. So if you, you know, if you taught some med students, it gives you more points. So they have a points-based system. So if you publish two articles, you get max points. If you publish one article, you get half points. If you don't publish any articles, you don't get points. If you have a poster in a conference, that gives you more points. And if you have teaching skills, it gives you more points. If you were, if you had leadership skills, like you know, you were you were tutor for students and things, it gives you more points. So the more points you get, um, the more competitive you are. But yeah, things they care about is mostly it's mostly research and publications and posters and things. And if you had 